Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind a Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. Strange case. No sign of violence, yet she looks completely contorted in fear. Almost as if she'd been frightened to death. As if she'd seen something too horrible to live through. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Hi, my name is Chris, and along with Jeff, we talk about movies that aren't really awful at all. Horror, action, kung fu, musicals, post-apocalyptic, women in prison films, and much, much more. Here's a special episode of the Really Awful Movies podcast. The 10 most memorable horror movie musical performances. Horror movie soundtracks are among the most memorable pieces of music in film. The Majesty of Goblin's Suspiria, John Carpenter's indelible Halloween theme, the pounding yet chimerical soundtrack to Phantasm, the Exorcist tubular bells. What would those classics be without those incredible musical cues? Well, let's not forget in-movie musical performances, the times when horror movies stop to showcase a band rocking out with full aplomb. Less heralded than, say, Henry Manfredini's Friday the 13th theme, a.k.a. These performances still deserve recognition, some for their majesty, others for their sheer ridiculousness. Nevertheless, whether rocking or risible, in-movie musical performances are oftentimes the most entertaining part of their respective films. What follows, then, are ten of the most memorable musical performances in horror film. Number ten, Joe Tirano in Night Train to Terror, Everybody But You. Night Train to Terror, from 1985, is an odd beast indeed. The film is an anthology of sorts, cobbled together from three feature films, which were then edited down to approximately 30 minutes. The wraparound takes place on a train, hence the title, and showcases God and Satan gambling on the fate of three individuals. Inexplicably, the train segments are punctuated by a musical performance and an extremely memorable one at that. Everybody But You, the song, is basically an oddball combination of Rock and Robin combined with Iggy Pop's I'm a Real Wild One, Wild One. The performance is about as 80s as you can get. Breakdancing, headbands, studded belts, a sax solo, and enough spandex that a match couldn't be struck within 15 feet of the performance. It's a catchy song without a doubt. Hell, even the drummer is standing up for this one. Number 9, Felony and Graduation Day doing Gangster Rock. 
doing the geisha rock. At first that's what it sounds like, but it's actually the gangster rock. In the early 80s, after the success of Halloween and Friday the 13th, theaters were inundated with slasher films commemorating a specific event or day. In quick succession came April Fool's Day, Prom Night, Mother's Day, and Graduation Day. Luckily, things ran out of steam before we were treated to Inauguration Day Massacre. Felony is a group that's nothing if not dapper, resplendent in suits and fedoras. The band gets out in a roller skating rink, and the performance is dying oh might. Heck, the guitarist wields a double neck guitar, and that makes up for the song, which is basically a Doobie Brothers China Grove ripoff mashed up with a bit of the Who's. Who are you? Who, who? Worth watching, if only to see one of the skaters bust out in a dance rivaled only by Crispin Glover's in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, for sheer spastic lunacy. Number eight, Sorcery and Rocktober Blood doing I'm Back and Killer on the Loose. One of a number of satanic panic horror films released in the 80s which equated heavy metal music with an allegiance to Beelzebub, IMDb describes Rocktober Blood's plot like this. A crazed rock singer returns from the dead to murder members of his former band. The film begins with singer Billy I, played by Trey Lauren in the studio belting out, I'm back. When you least expect it, I will attack. There'll be hell to pay. I'm back. Um, before going on a killing spree in the studio. Two years later, Billy has been tried, convicted, and put to death. His band members regroup under the name Headmistress and are about to mount a tour. But will the show go on? To paraphrase Freddie Mercury, not if a vengeful Billy has his way. All the songs in Rocktober Blood were recorded by L.A. heavy metal band Sorcery. Trey Lauren lip-syncs to Sorcery lead singer Greg McGee's vocals. And the band backs up new lead singer Lynn as headmistress, performing such numbers as Killer on the Loose and Watching You. Of note, Sorcery's real-life stage show was billed as The King of the Wizards Against the Prince of Darkness and featured two magicians playing the parts of Merlin and the Devil. For more Sorcery magic and to witness the awesome live spectacle that was the band, See Brian Trenchard Smith's incredible 1977 flick, Stunt Rock.
Number seven, the unnamed generic metal band in Hard Rock Zombies doing Shake It Out and Na Na Na. In Hard Rock Zombies, a band travels to the mysterious town of Grand Guignol to play the requisite gig of a lifetime. You know, the one where the major label A&R reps will be present. Unfortunately, the town is populated by murderous dwarves, a geek who cuts the heads off chickens, a dog-faced grandmother in a wheelchair, and a mother and father who turn out to be the presumed dead, but very much alive, Eva Braun and Adolf Hitler. Don't you hate it when that happens? We first see the band playing a catchy number entitled Shake It Out, not to be confused with Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, to a crowd of adoring fans in a small club. While the mustachioed lead singer, Jesse, who's also a bassist, plays a bass line suspiciously similar to Big Bottom by Spinal Tap, the rest of the band engages in more 80s rock band buffoonery, including a shirtless drummer, double twirling sticks, choreographer rocking out, tight pants, and studded sleeveless shirts. Later, when in Grand Guignol, there's an inexplicable outdoor musical performance which plays like a scene from A Hard Day's Night where it directed by Poison's Brett Michaels. While singing a na-na-na, the band engages in a nutty musical montage featuring, among other things, Russian kick dancing, miming, skateboarding, heavy metal hijinks, and mugging for the camera galore, all to disparaging looks from the locals and town sheriff. Number six, Sammy Kerr in Trick or Treat. Yeah, the satanic panic continues. This 80s schlocker features appearances by both Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne, well before both the God of Thunder and the Prince of Darkness shed their last remnants of dignity alongside their wives on reality TV. It also features Mark Price, better known as Skippy from Family Ties, and sporting a fairly impressive mullet. Price plays headbanger Eddie, who is obsessed with devil-worshipping, snake-filleting rocker Sammy Kerr. When Sammy dies prematurely, Eddie summons the rocker back from the dead to do a little shouting with the devil. A decidedly amateurish band, the Kickers, are meant to play the high school Halloween dance. However, the guitarist's pathetic, weak, trebly tone doesn't pass muster, so Kerr's demonic hand reaches out from the amp and electrocutes him. Kerr then explodes out of the amp and proceeds to play some awesome-sounding metal in the style of Rat. That's two T's, of course, for all you fans of the uh, 80s heavy metal group. The reanimated singer-guitarist licks are scorching. Literally, his six-string shoots out bolts of electricity, immolating students and teachers both, plus the band's drummer. Talk about your rock and roll hell, and that's a very Spinal Tap death. Of note, Sammy Kerr was played by former Solid Gold dancer Tony Fields, of all people. The kick-ass soundtrack was recorded by British metal band Fastway.
Number five, Nowhere Fast in The Prowler. Now, when you call your band Nowhere Fast, the jokes just write themselves. But their music really livens things up in this underrated 1981 slasher, The Prowler, which features a terrific Death by Pitchfork, which we chronicled in our book of oddball horror demises, Death by Umbrella, The Hundred Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. Pick it up for us on Amazon and support the show. The film is about a school dance that's put on hold for decades because of a tragic double murder. When it's revived, sadly, the murders start resuming. For those dancers not offed by pitchforks and bayonets, it was an enjoyable night getting down to the sweet, sweet sounds of Nowhere Fast's The Hard Way, fronted by a glass, sunglass-wearing singer who looks a little like Loverboy's Mike Reno. Nowhere Fast rips into a seriously rockin' number which su suggests what Thin Lizzy might have sounded like had they been fronted by Kiss's Ace Freely. Number four, spastic colon in the movie Shock'em Dead, I'm a Virgin Girl. Like Spinal Tap but not in on the joke, here's a piece of heavy metal thunder from the 90s. Spastic colon performing the iconic Virgin Girl in Shock'em Dead. Johnny, the spandex leotard clad bandana wearing singer, croaks out the song in an atonal voice while performing dance moves which suggest a third grade ballet recital. Luckily, he's promptly replaced by the shredding Angel Martin, another former nerd who has sold his soul for rock and roll. The crowd erupts as Johnny is literally kicked out of his band. Martin ends his performance by throwing up all over a rockin' vixen situated in the front row. Look for B-movie stalwarts Troy Donahue and Aldo Ray as those all-important A&R guys watching the band from side stage. Number three, Thor in Rock and Roll Nightmare doing We Live to Rock. Ah, Jan Mikkel Thor. Even here in his native Canada, Thor remains a rather fringe figure in the world of metal. A bodybuilder turned frontman of the band that bears a surname, Jan Mikkel parlayed a passing resemblance to the Marvel Comics Norse god into a two decade plus music career, inexplicably. Thor the band were known less for their hits and more for their pretty nutty onstage antics of the charismatic singer. He would bend steel bars with his teeth and have concrete blocks smashed off his chest with a sledgehammer. In 1987, Jan Mikkel Thor starred as John Triton, the lead singer of the Tritons in Rock and Roll Nightmare, a horror film that, true to its name, is quite the nightmare. Shot in 10 days for only 50 grand, Rock and Roll Nightmare begins with a dollar store skeleton popping out of an oven and ends with a battle between nothing less than the twin forces of heaven and hell themselves. 
In hell's corner is a satanic marionette, while heaven is represented by old slathered Thor, clad in little more than a black-studded codpiece and a smile. You want performance? You got it. Yon Mikkel Thor, looking like a roided-up David Lee Roth, and clad in a silver leopard print tuxedo jacket and shades, belting out, We live to rock. A flawless performance save for the final dissonant crash of the cymbal, and the one-eyed demon which resembles another sort of one-eyed monster altogether, spitting in the recording engineer's drink. Number two, babble and howling too, your sister is a werewolf, from the howling. In the pale, pale light of the moon, in 1985's howling too, your sister is a werewolf, aka Stierba, werewolf bitch, is a somewhat unfairly maligned sequel to the 1981 Joe Dante lycanthropy classic. The only howling sequel to directly follow the events of the film that preceded it, this one stars Sybil Danning, the inimitable Reb Brown, and a very game but out-of-place Christopher Lee. The film features numerous scenes of the Stephen Parsons-fronted new wave band Babel playing the title track, including one performance at a punk club attended by Christopher Lee donning a pair of thin 80s wraparound shades. Babel and The Howling are glorious, sort of a new wave Bauhaus fronted by a Thomas Dolby lookalike. By far the most memorable performance of the song in a film that features many is the one playing over the closing credits, which also showcases the same instance of Sybil Danning bearing her breasts not once but 17 times. For interested uh, listeners, you should check out our discussion of Howling 2, another podcast we recorded last year. And at number one, the undeads and beef in The Phantom of the Paradise, somebody super like you and life at last. Brian De Palma's horror rock musical, The Phantom of the Paradise, opened on Halloween night in 1974 and promptly flopped. The Rocky Horror Picture Show opened the next year and became an instant cult sensation. 
We call shenanigans on this one, as the rock opera version of Gaston Leroux's Enduring Tale, with a pinch of Faust and the picture of Dorian Gray sprinkled in for good measure, is a superior film in every way to Rocky Horror. Phantom tells the story of aspiring composer Winslow Leach, played by the late William Finley. He has the lyrics for his musical version of Goethe's Faust, stolen by the diabolical Swan, owner of Death Records, who wants Winslow's music to open his rock mecca, The Paradise. Swan, who may or may not have made a Faustian bargain himself, not only steals the music, but gets poor Winslow sent to Sing Sing prison. Winslow ultimately escapes, but returns to the paradise voiceless and grotesquely disfigured, the result of a horrific record press accident. The performances in Phantom are many, and they are all wonderful, but perhaps the most memorable is that of the Undeads, a trio of musicians in kiss-like kabuki-esque makeup performing Somebody Super Like You. As the frontman theatrically sings, the other two members brandish guitars with blades at neck and end, which they use to stab, dismember, and behead audience members while the rest of the crowd goes nuts. The performance culminates with the Frankenstein-like emergence of Beef, played by Garrett Graham, who wanders around performing life at last until Leech as the Phantom shoots a neon lightning bolt into the prancing, gyrating musician, electrifying him and setting him ablaze. Badass stuff. If you're a fan of that list, check out our website, www.reallyawfulmovies.com. And of course, check out our podcast, new episodes uploaded every Friday. A quick thank you to Andrea, who's based in Columbus, Ohio, but who travels a lot for work and listens to our show on the road. We're thrilled you enjoy having our voices reverberating in your earbuds. Remember, if you'd like to hear us review a movie, tweet us at awful underscore movies or email us reallyawfulmovies at gmail.com. Also, be sure and leave an iTunes review if you like what you hear. See you Friday.